everyone. Welcome to Caffeinated Humor. You know, there is a certain... I don't think of it as an art form, but there's a certain fundamental courtesy when meeting people. That you pay attention to the vibe they give you so that if, if you're really cutting into their day and they don't want to talk to you, meh, recognize the signs. Leave them alone. But then there are those that They've gotten themselves to a place mentally, emotionally, wherever, but they just don't get it. And they're blissfully unaware that they are just intruding on your day and shitting on your your entire parade here. I mean, I can be a very blunt person, but even I get tested with some people because you don't want to look someone straight in the face and go, Dude, leave me the fuck alone. Because they really haven't done anything to merit that kind of confrontation. I'm not afraid of confrontation. I actually enjoy confrontation, but it's always confrontation on my terms. You know, it's kind of like when I get caught doing something, I hate the moment. When I catch someone else doing it, it's a much funner moment. That kind of makes me a little shallow. Maybe a touch narcissistic, or maybe you're just jealous of me. Either way, there are those that... I honestly envy them sometimes. I wish I had that ability to blow past and not pay any attention. But there's part of my issue is when I'm in an annoyed mood and I want to get under someone's skin, I'm paying so much attention to them. Every little nuance means something to me. So that way, if if I'm annoying you, I'm crafting how that annoyance blossoms from there. Which sounds twisted. I mean, it's I've had a I've been diagnosed by a a relative who got a degree in psychology but doesn't want anything else to do with it as a compartmentalized sociopath. In that I have tiers of importance that people occupy, with friends and family at the top tier holding the highest importance, and then there is friends and distant family. By marriage, if they're blood, they're first tier no matter what. They could be a complete asshole. Blood means everything. But uh, third tier, pets. And then fourth tier is distance acquaint- distant acquaintances, co-workers I don't like, uh, and the rest of you. Hu- actually, not even the rest of humanity. There's a bottom tier for them. And the big diagnosing question is, if you went into a burning building and you saw a blood relative who was 99 years old and dying of cancer, going to die any minute now. And a baby who you don't know the baby, you don't know where it came from, what family it belongs to, anything. You can only save one. And I said, you save the family member. And then you do your best to go back for the baby. And they said, you realize that you didn't hesitate to say that you, you would save the family member and that... 99% of all of humanity would say, save the baby. And my response is where her diagnosis came from. I don't know that baby. I'm not going to leave a blood relative to die horribly in a fire. And that is the basis of her entire diagnosis, is that without question, humanity holds different values for me. I think that's kind of, I don't think of it as being different. I think of it as being Irish. It's how I was raised. There's us and there's them. Hell, you look at the the word, the polite term for the IRA, the Irish Republic Army, Sinn Féin. I believe the literal translation is ourselves. 
Now, I could be completely wrong. I realize there's a big following in Ireland for this blog, oddly enough. So if I'm wrong, let me know. But I kind of view it that way. There's us and there's them. And so you always make sure that that us is taken care of before you start thinking about them. Which may make me selfish, or it may make me just more me than I usually am. Either way, all of that compressed together is what leads us to today's episode, When You Need a Friend, Like It or Not, on today's Caffeinated Humor. You know, a political conversation that lasts longer than 20 minutes about Franklin D. Roosevelt is enough to make everyone a little edgy on a Saturday. Add to that a buttload of caffeine and you've got a recipe for a hostage situation. It seemed like any other weekend day. I happened to be in the Starbucks that's like a sad excuse for a Starbucks in a bookstore. So it's run by the bookstore and it has the, the Starbucks name on it, but it isn't really. And all their policies are for the bookstore, so it just sucks. But I happened to be in there looking at books. When a lady standing next to me in the science fiction section sneezed, farted, and then had to run to the ladies' room real quick. You don't pass up that kind of manna from heaven. I went to the Starbucks, broke out my laptop, and started putting that on page. And then Leonard came into my life. I didn't ask for Leonard. Leonard just happened. Like food poisoning or a bad case of the quacker shits. You got some nifty electronics. Now that's a pretty harmless opening phrase as far as introductory lines go, but the word nifty should have tipped me off. Leonard is not a retiree. Hell, Leonard's son retired 20 years ago. Do the math. The man farts dust and it's old dust at that. And he's just mesmerized by my laptop, which happens to be a run-of-the-mill Chromebook. I switched over my whole operating environment to Chrome. It's much easier and it doesn't give me headaches. It's a long story. Now, let's take a look. The hair is white and thick. Not all guys go bald. Some go bushy. And I don't mean bushy like it's a little thick and it could use a comb. I mean bushy like a massive bush in your front yard that the the gardener is ignoring. The hair, the ears, the eyebrows, and of course the nose. Everything is spewing bushy white hair. And trust me on this, bushy white nose hair is some creepy shit that even Stephen King hasn't thought of. And he has a new book he wants to share with me. Shit. I played the basic brush off, avoiding eye contact, grunting replies, and just hunkering down in my laptop. Now this is the Starbucks version of falling to the ground and playing dead in hopes that the bear, aka Leonard, will sniff my supposedly dead carcass and leave me alone. Not gonna happen. He forges on with a determination that John Wayne would have envied. The next five minutes are what I like to call the first facts. Franklin D. Roosevelt was the first president to speak on television. He was also the first president whose mother was allowed to vote for him. He was the first president to fly in an airplane. And then in a masterstroke of annoying verbiage, he launched into five minutes of somewhat creepy shit I didn't know about FDR. His mother made him wear a dress till he was five. Uh, He was related to 11 other presidents, which is not creepy, 
but righteous conspiracy theory shit yourself type stuff. He also had a mistress that Eleanor Roosevelt told him never to see again, so he didn't, not till he was on his deathbed. And initially, his daughter helped him set up the mistress. Now, you would think he would just let it go, what with my soul having been drained out of me during the last 10 minutes, and I'm just this caffeine-soaked husk. Not so Leonard. The knockout punch came at the end of it all, when I was just about to pack up and leave because my morning had turned to shit. He opened his FDR book to a page that showed a full-page spread of Eleanor Roosevelt. Now, I had just taken a big gulp of coffee when he informed me that Eleanor Roosevelt was a MILF. All I can think of is he has a grandson. I managed to spit coffee about six feet. Good morning, Leonard. Time for coffee, just not here. Hope you liked today's episode. I know I did. Do me a favor. If you liked it, even if you didn't, listen to more episodes. Put it on the background. Let it play like white noise. Just something to help you sleep at night. Anything. I need you to listen. Share it if you can. Support it if you can. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you.